What should someone go do? Like to be very concrete. There are people who are just floundering and grabbing for a life raft thing, but what can people do? What matters is that we've taken action and we're educated. If people are conditioned now to believe that the governor can tell them who can go to work and who can't, who is essential, who's not, but it's about freedom and liberty and getting rid of the deception. I look forward to that day of having a true rebirth of uh, individual communities. I don't know what that's going to look like, but that's the only remedy that I see. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw, and I'm very excited today to introduce you to a new friend of mine. Her name is Peggy Hall, and you may have seen her amazing videos. She's been an incredible activist and educator. Um, she is at thehealthyamerican.org, and she's been out there getting uh, Orange County to drop its mandatory mask program. She's been out there challenging uh, a lot of the uh, examples of tyranny that we're seeing out there. She's a health freedom activist, and she's been a teacher of teachers for over 30 years. She is right now furloughed and has been told she's not going to be going back in the fall or next spring. Um, but she's uh, the former director of teacher education at the University of California the Irvine Extension. So she's a college instructor. She was also a health and wellness expert um, for the ABC uh, radio network. And she was a national wellness expert for the Emmy-nominated show America Now. So she's been out there really helping us understand how the government works, where it's broken, how to fix it, what to do to stand up for it. So she's just a total ray of sunshine on her videos. I've been, I had been really enjoying following her. Turns out she's been following Green Smoothie Girl for a long time as well. So I think you're gonna love this interview with Peggy Hall. So welcome, welcome, Peggy Hall, the healthy American. Thank you so much, Robin. Can't wait to dive in with you. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So I've been watching what you're doing and, you know, anytime I get really discouraged, I'm like, well, I'll just go check out what Peggy's doing because she's winning or, or you're probably, you're probably like in this fight and it feels like you're pushing a boulder uphill, like, like it is for me too. And, and we've had some wins too. You know, I actually, I'm going to share this with you just because it came into my mind. Um, I months ago wrote, uh, Jenny Wilson, who is the, the mayor of the city of the County of Salt Lake. So Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson and I wrote her and said, hey, you need you shouldn't be shutting this county down. There's no numbers to warrant this. This isn't okay. And she wrote me back and I think it was just like this canned thing that she sends to everyone. And she was like, I'm going to protect people and I'm going to shut down. I was like, oh, you said the wrong thing. And I wrote her back and said, okay, then I'm going to sue you. Like I'm going, I'm, this is going to happen, you know, and it was articulate, but, and uh, she didn't. She did not extend the shutdown. The reason I wrote her is because I had heard she was about to extend the shutdown by, I think it was five more weeks. Um, and she did not extend the shutdown. Now, does that mean everything is hunky-dory here in Utah? No. And I don't even live in Salt Lake County. But my, my point is, to segue to your win in Orange County, is we really want to get more warriors out there uh, who maybe they've never gone to a city council meeting before. Maybe they don't know how to draft a piece of legislation, but we are making a difference. Like you, if, 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 if people have been following me for a long time, they know that I believe that there are, are global conspirators driving this thing. 
And I'm not even I'm not even making any bones about it anymore. I was quiet about it for a while because I was like, I, if I'm wrong, I don't want to go out there with this. I, I don't think there's any, it's not even a conspiracy theory anymore. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> and so, but on the local level, you know, they're not controlling everybody all the way down. Like on a local level, let's save ourselves from 5G. Let's save ourselves from mandatory vaccination. Let's save ourselves from mandatory masks in the middle of the summer. So tell us your story. How'd you get involved? And then tell us your amazing win in Orange County. Thanks, Robin. I feel like you sometimes swimming upstream and that's why I call it all hands on deck. And we do need more people to row the boat. And if you stop rowing, you're gonna start moving backwards. And it's kind of one step forward, you know, two steps back. Right now we're in a sparring match. Like we poke them and then they poke us and then they fake left and then they think they got us, but we're over here. So a uh, quick recap on my story. I've been a educator my entire life at the university level. I'm a teacher of teachers, professional development. I have done a lot of corporate training and basically I teach people how to teach people. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm educating people on how to educate others on the law. And my other part of my passion and background is health, similar to yours. I've been in the wellness industry for the last 20 years, also as a teacher, retreat leader, um, you know, writer on radio, TV, and all of that to get the message out. My background is in politics. My degrees are in politics and international relations, although I've never used that until now, but it's a perfect intersection of my passion and background and experience of politics and health and education. And I jumped into this when in the beginning, I was probably like a most like most people saying, well, wait a minute, what, what's going on here? <laughs> Out of the blue, I was told I couldn't go back to work. And luckily my husband has been able to work all this time because it's a small business. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to work even if there isn't any work. That's how I'm going to approach it. And, you know, just for the record, I've never worn a mask personally. I don't intend to unless it's my own choice. And that is what the word I'm focusing on. Freedom, choice. I used to call it health freedom. I don't even want to qualified as health freedom. It is freedom. It's freedom to work when you want to, where you want to, shop where you want to, when you want to, wear what you want, when you want to. I mean, you can hear my patience is wearing thin. And I, as a teacher, I have a lot of patience. But after two weeks went by and then three weeks and four weeks, I'm like, this does not sound right to me. And luckily I don't own a TV, so I don't watch television. I don't get a newspaper. I go right to the source. So I went right to the Department of Health to say, to figure out what's going on. Who are these health officers? Why are they issuing orders? What is the governor doing? I know that a governor, you know, from my political background, I know a governor doesn't make law. So what is he doing ordering people around? You, a governor can only, and I want to be very clear, a governor in any state can only oversee departments and agencies. Now, he may direct the department and the people in that department to do something, but last time I checked, I don't work for the Department of Game and you know, Fish and Game, and I don't work for the DMV. Yeah, I'm, I'm having to give people a, a like constant uh, little civics lesson. I used to teach... American Heritage at Brigham Young University many, many years ago, which is a combination of political science and economics and American history. And, and I'm always having to explain like the three branches of government and the checks and balances. And because you constantly on social media, you see people saying, President Trump just made a law that blah, blah, blah. I'm like, can't do that. He can't make a law. So 
Good. You know, Robin, I'm so glad to know that's why we're of like minds and, and resonate with this message because this is the deception of the media. And the media will continue to say, even though I already called them out, these major outlets, you know, in black and white showing that their links don't even go to where their links say they're going to go. And the language that they use is completely um, a lie. I'll just say it like that. Even then, people will still hear it over and over. And so I want to ban from, from, from my uh, phrase anyway, I'm, I'm never going to use the word mask mandate because it is uh, deceptive. People don't understand what a mandate is. The media will continue to say the governor issued an order. The governor ordered the people to stay home. The governor ordered the shutdown. The governor ordered masks. The governor has a mask mandate. Wrong, 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 wrong. All right. As you know, and I just want to really hammer this point home, if, any, if, if listeners take one thing from this, no governor and no mayor can make a law. Now, there is something called an order, but I also want to be very clear about this. A public health order can only be declared and issued in an immediate threat. For example, there's a chemical explosion, let's say, in an industrial neighborhood, and there are businesses in the area. There's no time to go to the court and get an order to order the people out, which is what you normally would need to do because it's your business and you have the right to stay there. But in an emergency, certain individuals, police, fire, um, this is often called an emergency council and they're made up of the um, heads or the chiefs in your local area. And these orders are of limited duration in most municipalities, if it's local, it can only be issued for 24 hours, 48 hours. In California, a public health order can stand for seven days, which means let's take, take this non-emotional scenario that's not about a disease. Let's look at a chemical explosion. They could come in and say, we hereby order you to leave. And if you don't, it's a misdemeanor. A misdemeanor is not a criminal uh, law, it is a, it, well, let me not say that that's actually not accurate. A misdemeanor is not a felony. It usually has a fine. You are cited. And the cost of that fine varies from area to area. In California, it's $1,000. I think like in, you know, Idaho, it's like $25. So just to let you know what, what the state of California is like. And that has value because it orders the public to act in such a manner to safeguard their health and their safety because a chemical explosion, there could be fires and if you don't leave your area or, or a forest fire, that's where sh sheriff and police and fire can come and order you to leave. And it's of a limited duration, it's specific in nature and then get this Robin, within that period of time when the order expires, it may not be extended except with the vote of a legislative body. As you know, that is the body in our form of government that creates statutory law and regulatory law. Orders have not gone through a lawmaking procedure. A lawmaking in California? In any, in any place. Because our legislature just extended the state of emergency until mm -hmm. August 20th. And because and, I'm constantly texting legislators like, batches of 10 legislators, because that's all I can text at once. And then another 10, like my assistant has it set up and I'll be like, send this from, you know, put me and you on it. And they'll talk to me like legislators. I don't even know. will like talk 
you know, say what they think about it. And, and they've told me so many lies in the course of this, or maybe not even lies, like maybe they believe it too. <laughs> but they're, they're literally saying that the only reason they extended it to August 20th is just that they're not going to meet again until like late July or something like that. So they have some cockamamie story for why they did it. But yeah. And, I, and then mandatory masks came on shortly after that for Salt Lake County and Summit County where I live. So you're exactly right. I love that um, cockamamie story. It's kind of an old fashioned term. The one I've been using now is we're bamboozled. <laughs> Remember that? It's like, because it is an intentional form of deception. And the fact of the matter is that these um, orders are no longer valid because there is no longer an emergency. The chemical explosion happened. They come in, they clean it up by the very language of the governors who are issuing reopening phases that's called a de facto they are they are without saying it saying that the emergency is over you cannot have a recovery phase and an emergency at the same time now interestingly people will want to argue this point interestingly people want to fight for the right to be enslaved don't they though i i can't even all day, every day, I get bullied by the people who want to give their freedom away. They want to give my freedom away and theirs. And this has happened throughout history. And you know this, that, you know, in it, er, this is teed up like the perfect playbook to drag us into socialism on our way to communism. I mean, your, your state is in full socialism. Mine's pretty much there too, because now we have the health department can shut all businesses down. Uh, the governor, the lieutenant governor, our lieutenant governor is the one who put us in this color code of socialism where, you know, the government is dictating the terms of commerce. And there's all kinds of people who can who have a gun to every one of our couple hundred thousand small businesses in in Utah. And uh, we but 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 I think you're going to tell us because this gets really technical, but I think you're going to tell us that. You just keep your business open because they don't have the right. Like, tell, tell us that stuff. Yeah, I've got some good news. We, and we talked about all the bad news and we are on the precipice of, you know, the powder keg. We're just trying to hold back this tidal wave of uh, corruption and um, deception and all those things that are going to be coming behind it. And I do want to just make a point that I understand where you're coming from with the bigger picture and the global aspect and all that is behind it for sure. However, there are more of the individuals than there are of the uh, dictators. And even though they have money and power and media, they don't have the, the individuals and they don't have the human spirit because I don't even know. I mean, they don't, they do not have, they don't have a pure human spirit. It's evil and deceptive and, they, we drown them out with the light. And I want to share a couple of glimmers of hope and what has worked for us. And in the beginning, Robin, you said being really local, you're in touch with your lawmakers, even if they're um, doing the cockamamie stories back and trying to bamboozle you, they know that you're on to them. That weakens their resolve. They know that we are knocking at the door and somebody said, I like the phrase, we were, were rattling their cages. If anything, it is a distraction for them. They have to put more effort and energy to diffuse our voices. 
And even if they don't respond or respond the way that you want, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we've taken action and we're educated and we are not going to stand for it. I want to share with you a specific story because I've got thousands of people emailing me every day for help. It's completely volunteer. I mean, I, I started this business on a weekend after I made my video about the state of emergency is invalid and unlawful and people wanted links and help. So I put up a website. Um, it's an extension of my own business. So it's a tax paying business and we don't charge anything, but we're offering help and education. So I just want to make that clear. But at the healthyamerican.org, I got an email from someone saying, I just got a fine at my Pilates studio because I wasn't wearing a mask and I didn't require my patrons to wear a mask. They could wear one if they wanted to. First of all, you and I know how ridiculous it is to wear a mask while you're exercising, to wear a mask at all, but especially when you're exercising. Here's where the um, mafia tendencies are coming through. She got a fine for $4,558. And there was a penal code associated to it, a regulation that she broke. And then the penal code said, here's the fine. And that's how you know it's a legal document because there's a, a code or a law or a regulation that you're breaking. They have to list it. And then they list what the, penal, what the penalty is that's associated with it. Anybody who's ever gotten a parking ticket or a speeding ticket on your ticket, it says, here's the law you broke. It has to cite the law. And then it cites, here's the penalty associated with this. And I digress for a moment, but I want everyone to understand when they read the public health orders, unless there is a legal citation of the authority that gives this individual to issue an order, and unless there is a penalty associated with it, and unless these orders are signed and um, witnessed and sealed it with a stamp, and filed with your secretary of state, they are not orders, it is not a legal document. And we've blown the cover off here in California, which is why the governor is like a pet, tries to be a parent and he's more like a petulant parent. And we're, we're not, we're not doing, dealing with it anymore. There are so many lawsuits against this individual can barely keep track of them. Yeah, I, w I wanna know who's paying him yeah. because, because it, it's, it's not normal that suddenly Suddenly, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of little dictators all over the world who are destroying their own people while acting really righteous about it. And they don't look left or right. They, none of them back out of it. None of them cancel their, their shutdown orders. They're literally watching their people be destroyed, their economies be destroyed. And they aren't, they aren't deviating from it. And, and everybody says, well, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I don't care anymore. I really don't. Robin, they all have the same playbook. I have studied the health orders in at least a dozen states. I'll probably get to all 50, although some of them haven't been troublesome, like Wyoming. No one, no one bothers me about Wyoming and South Dakota. It's Arizona, Washington, Oregon. I mean, Arizona, come on. New Mexico, Texas, Florida, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New York, of course, is I would just move. Um, I mean, seriously, I just yeah, don't even yeah. know what can be done there because that's the pit of hell. And I'm going to do something on, on Cuomo, who I did in the very beginning. But what I want to finish my story, because you're exactly right, they all come from the pl same playbook. And we can talk later about like what has happened to their psyche and decision making and thinking and soul. Do they even have one? Have they already been injected with something that's making them act in a certain way? We know that drugs can control people's minds. We already know that. And we know that you can inject a microchip 
So we get the injection. For all we know, we are now chipped, even though there was no little microsurgery. That's right. And these individuals might already be manipulated because it, it dawned on me all of this talk about AI and all that. We may be witnessing it right now because that Inslee and that Kate Brown actually don't even look human to me. They have dead eyes and I mean a dead soul because no thinking, feeling individual could inflict that much deception and demonic energy and power on us. Talk about some of the remedies because this is where it gets fun and it gets very satisfying for me because this individual said, I got fined. Here's the regulation I broke and here's how much it costs. It's $4,558. So most people are going to get that and say, oh my gosh, I better pay it or they're going to shut me down. This smart lady emailed me to say, can you help me make sense of it? So I immediately got into researching. They make it very difficult to find these laws and regulations. They're written in, you know, like 0.4 types, so you can't even read them and they're convoluted and all. But I'm a bulldog and I'm not going to let go. And I kept digging. And do you know what she was fined for? What? It wasn't for not having the people not wear a mask. It was not for, they also said she didn't have the right EPA approved sanitizer. This is what they wrote in the complaint. No mask, no sanitizer. But when you read the regulation the regu that she apparently broke, no mention of a mask, no mention of sanitizer. It had to do with not providing a safe environment. Well, it's not a safe environment if you are using chemicals and you are requiring people to wear a mask. So she has the ability now to, it's called respond to the citation, which she will with my help, using this exact language to say, what regulation did I break and where's your evidence? They don't think people are gonna go this far. I was gonna say, they, they must be just, you know, putting something in there so that most, because most people will. I am finding out how rule follower most Americans are. I've been a rule breaker as a, you know, I've owned businesses for 33 years now. I just, I just, I make up rules. I don't, I said that I'm against rules, but I was like, if I don't understand why the rule is, I'm going to break it. It's not going to hurt anybody. Um, and so they are just counting on that she's not going to dig in a little deeper to find out her rights were totally violated and that she didn't actually violate anything legal. Exactly right. And, okay. and it's actually fantastic that this happened because I'm going to make a video on it. We're going to educate others to not accept the status quo. Now, when I was in school, we had the phrase question authority. I mean, I was raised, you know, like 70s. We had that question authority. We didn't accept what, what we were told. When anybody tells me what to do, I don't say, okay, I say, why? Mm -hmm. And let me see if that's even lawful. And even if it is legal, it doesn't mean that I have to follow it if it's not lawful. And what lawful means is, for example, um, you know, they can pass a law, but if it conflicts with existing law, that law can be challenged either in court or in an administrative review. So these orders that have not undergone the regular lawmaking process, which is there's public debate, the idea is introduced, it gets worked on in committees, it's revised, it moves through the proper channels. Even a regulation, which is a type of law that is attached to departments and agencies, because remember, departments and agencies are under the governor. And let's say that the governor wanted to um, rearrange one of the departments and, and have somebody else be in charge or create a commission. He can do that because it's an administrative function. The only people he can order are those in his departments. So he can order, and this is what he did. And please, everyone in your state, I beg of you, do not use the phrase 
mask mandate, and please do not utter the words, the governor said, the mayor said, the mayor made a law. Never impossible. If they did, they're going to jail. Prison, in fact, because that's a felony. They cannot make a law. They, did, they do not have a lawmaking authority. But what they can do, a governor can direct, right, because he's the boss over these departments, he can direct the Department of Health to issue an order because the Department of Health has legal authority in my state and probably yours to issue this emergency as we talked about. But, and you're gonna say, well, Peggy, it's the same thing. Of course we know it's not the governor. What difference does it make if he ordered somebody to say it? It makes a world of difference because you guys are being brainwashed, if you believe it, that a governor can tell you what to do. And then when the governor does tell you what to do, you will accept it. That's called conditioning. People are conditioned now to believe that the governor can tell them who can go to work and who can't, who is essential, who's not. And after a while, well, you, what, you're not producing anything. What are you even using air and food for? You know, the communists are already saying that. The communists among us, you know, they, they want to do away with people because they do not believe that individuals are of equal worth and value. And they are. Well, and they want to they wanna do away with, and I'm going to go to my political science background and say bourgeoisie. They want to get rid of the bourgeoisie. They want to get rid of the middle class. They want to get rid of small businesses because those are the people who are a threat to the new regime. And so if you can destroy all the small businesses, and, and when you say that uh, the, the small business owner, owner was, was told she has to pay $4,553 because somebody's in their st store, you know, so the, these, um, these fake rule, these rules, we're not going to call them laws because they aren't, yeah. you know, they're punishing the small businesses. It's just round two of destruction on the small businesses. And I told you that after this, I want to connect with you and I want to send you a little Thing that I've set up because we have, I maybe I mentioned that we have till tomorrow to get Utahns to wake up to who they're about to, who they're about to elect as governor. And if he gets elected and if he shuts us down into orange phase, I've said this publicly, I'm leaving the country. And this isn't an Alec Baldwin thing. I'm already like, we applied for visas weeks ago. All of his uh, competition for go the governor spot has said, I won't shut Utah down again. They're all like actual freedom loving you know, at least quasi conservatives, but our Lieutenant governor who's leading in the race has, he is chomping at the bit and he's done exactly what you said. He empowered all the health departments. And so Utah thought for, for months because they were just standing up there saying things that were at least slightly pro economy, slightly pro freedom. They, it took me a long time to figure it out. And I, I didn't mention to you, we are suing state of Utah um, the governor, the lieutenant governor, Salt Lake and Summit counties, because they're both Democrats. All the other 28 did not shut anything down, but the two Democratic counties shut everything down. Now they have, as of this past weekend, forced forced the, the, the mask issue. And so that's what they did. They got to stand back and look good while they sent all their little minions out. Right now they have their epidemiologist out. She's in the media constantly. And she's, she's just, she loves being on the media. You can tell. And she's out there saying, I want a complete shutdown of the whole entire state into orange. And so I have, this is the thing I'm going to, I'm going to text you afterwards and ask you to help me get out. I have a one click letter writing campaign that says, Lieutenant Governor Cox, if you shut Utah down into orange, we demand that you and Governor Andy Behrman up here in Park City, Governor Aaron Mendenhall of Salt Lake City, Governor Jenny Wilson of Salt Lake County, and the governor, you all take an immediate 80% pay cut indefinitely because you because, because Utah will not, 200,000 businesses in Utah will not survive. 
another for, for being forced into orange again because they already used their life savings. A lot of these people are my friends. I've lived here for 33 years. These people are my friends. A dentist told me he spent a quarter of a million dollars just covering his expenses while he was shut down. And, and he wasn't even in one of the counties that completely shut down. So so can, can we use the the situation I told you about that happened this weekend where my partner went to the gym and you, you tell us like, what should we do? Because I'm getting really close to like putting myself in a situation where I violate the mandate to go to jail on purpose, to document it, to sue them, to make, to make a, to make a point here, because here's my problem in my state is that my state is a bunch of very compliant, pleasant, conflict avoidant, government trusting people, which makes it a very pleasant place to live. And people don't violate the rules. We have basically no crime. And it's not helping us here because all of my friends who are business owners, like I'll email them and be like, you guys, this is, these, these are rules, not laws. They're unconstitutional. You can go open your business. They have no right. They won't do it. And part of the reason they won't do it is, um, Peggy, is that they're afraid their own customers who are, who are, um, you know, hypnotized by the mainstream media and buy into the fact that our problem here is a virus that their, their own customers will turn on them. And that's a whole other issue. But, but let me tell you the issue that with, with John that I mentioned to you before we got started today. So he thought, I, I think, I think everybody in Park City thought that the, am, am I, I'm just going to say it, but yeah. I don't, I don't use, I refuse to use the propaganda words as well. Like I will not, I will not say or put any, put any uh, validation whatsoever on stupid words like social distancing or, you know, hashtag, I won't even say stay safe. Like that's how everybody ends all the conversations now is stay safe. Uh -huh. So he, 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 he didn't realize that it was day one of mandatory uh, masks. And he went to our gym and he's canceling his membership today because of this, because he will not wear a mask in the gym. But, and which, which again, it's hurting the small businesses. It's hurting the small businesses because now their customers are mad at them. Half their customers are going to be mad at them either way. And the people calling the shots, they freaking know this. So he goes to the gym. They walk, as he's walking in, they say, you have to wear a mask. And he says, yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not wearing a mask. It's not good for me to exercise and wear a mask. He didn't even try to pull out. And you can tell us about how to right. use that. We'll, we'll go to that next. But I want, I just want you to like take this situation and say, what, what could he have done? So he said, I'm not wearing the mask. And he went in anyway, and he started working out and, and the girl at the desk called the police. And the police showed up and they weren't wearing masks either. And they took one look at him and they refused to confront him. Now we could go all kinds of places with this, but when he told me this story, my mind went to, because I don't like, we've been together for a really long time and I don't think about the fact that he's black, but he's black. And so my mind went to, oh, they weren't wearing a mask and they got told to do a fool's errand. And they were like, I don't want to be a cop so that I have to go bully some dude lifting weights to put on a mask. They weren't wearing a mask. So that, so I sort of assumed that they don't want to enforce unconstitutional rules. They actually took an oath, right? That would that'd be in violation of their oath. And especially sheriffs, they should know that. And I believe they do. And our Summit County Sheriff told one of my, my children's friends, because they were running all over the place, and they called the sheriff. And they're like, we're doing all this stuff like you know, and when, when we were shut down and the sheriff said, we're, we refuse to enforce it. All these poor little small business owners here in Summit County, they don't know the sheriff was never going to enforce it. They were never going to enforce it. They don't believe that it's a valid rule. 
And so John just continues with his workout and then leaves. That night we went to dinner with friends and they said, oh yeah, they, the cops didn't want to confront you because you're black. So everything about this story is super messed up, but what, what do you, what should he have done? What should we do? I'm, I'm not going to, I wore a mask yesterday to go in my own property because I own a bunch of condos and I had to go in there and the, the tenants are so, you know, captivated by the mainstream, whatever. I wore a mask to go in my own property, but that was just out of, you know, respect for them there. You know, I don't want, I don't really want to make them fearful. I don't want to make a thing of it, but we all went in in masks. So that was my first time wearing a mask, that and giving blood. Cause I needed to get blood out of my arm because I have too much iron in my blood. And so I wore it in the red cross and the guy taking my blood came over and was like, so what do you think about what's going on? And I just went off. I just went off and he's like, me too. And so we just both pulled our masks down and did the whole blood thing. But anyway, so what, what do you have to say about John's situation at the gym? Then we found out today, by the way, that today was the real first day. I almost wish he would have gotten arrested so we could like do something with this. I think that's going to happen, Robin. I think we're going to see more and more people that have just had it. And the uh, point that you mentioned about the sheriffs and the police, and we started our conversation with being active locally. So I recommend that everybody contact the law enforcement in their area. I have the sheriff on speed dial and I have actually called the sheriff in several counties because where I live, there's, you know, I don't, don't, don't know how large your counties are, but you know, we kind of overlap. We've got San Diego County, Orange County, uh, LA County, San Bernardino County, Riverside County. They're all like, I go in all those areas. And so I've called all of them and I just say, are you enforcing this, uh, this mask issue? I don't call it a law order mandate. I just say, are you enforcing the masks? And they say, you know, we're too busy rearresting the criminals that we had to let out of prison that the, the, uh, we were ordered to do. All of them? You're getting support from all these law enforcement agencies? Except it, um, Los Angeles and San Diego are very uh, communistic, as I call it. Um, and the strange thing is, is the further you go up the coast of California, like Santa Barbara is worse, as I say, than Los Angeles. And you start going up to San Francisco, those counties are even more militant. They allow you to live in your social bubble. And that's what they call it. And this is language that's been indoctrinating the people for a long, long time. So to get back to your story, I think it's really important to understand what the law enforcement is going to do and to educate the law enforcement in your individual areas because every single order uh let's set aside for a moment that it's unlawful and that's what we're fighting in california we're we're exposing the fact that there is no emergency we're going to make them dance a little bit to tell us how four months can constitute an emergency even though they've they've acknowledged that we're in recovery phases like what is which is it are you on vacation or are you home from vacation you can't be in two places at once you can't have an emergency and a recovery so you know we're rattling the cage and we're calling them on it so every single one of these orders has exemptions and here's what i do i print out the order of the county where i'm going to be and i actually highlight in yellow the part that says these individuals are exempt and every single i have not seen an order yet that, that does not carry the clause that if you have difficulty breathing, something to that effect, you don't need to wear it. Now, here's where the fun comes in. Personally, I don't talk to the mask. If someone is wearing a mask, I make all sorts of gestures to let them know that I can't hear them because I can't see their mouth. And so I'll do things like, oh, my mask, I can't hear you, my mask. And I make a big production for everybody around me to go, God, what's going on? I make them take their mask off. 
I make them, because I will not have a conversation with the mask, they must do this, because I'll just say, can't hear you, Ma mask. They take off the mask. I, I hold the paper, so I've got, you know, I'll have the paper all highlighted in yellow, and it says to be read out loud by the, you know, manager or clerk. They read, like this is bulletproof, they read in their own words, because I'm not going to have a confrontation. I don't say anything. They read oh. in their own words the part that says um, exemptions. And after they read that, like I've never had an issue. But here's what I do. I don't confront the people. I don't say anything. I refuse to talk to anybody with a mask on. I make them do the reading. This is not a medical exemption card. Please don't get me wrong, anyone uh, in the audience. I'm not talking about these ADA. That, no, not, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the actual language from the county where you are going to go into a business establishment or gym or grocery store or doctor's office. And those points are highlighted. And you have the receptionist, the clerk, the cashier, the employee, the whoever, they read it in their words, because it's much more powerful, you are not arguing. And I have to say, Robin, the only people I've had trouble with are the other shoppers. I've never had any problem with anyone at a store, any employer, any, I mean, any employee, and it's the people in the store giving me the stink eye. What do they, what do they do? You mean like other shoppers and they see that you don't have a mask on and they glare at you? That's right. I made the mistake. Uh, this is early on. Hubby and I went to our corner restaurant that we go to every Friday. And when they closed and they still had takeout, we, like, we went to support them. And then the day it was announced that the uh, businesses could, you know, the restaurants could be serving, like, well, let's go. We want to support them. And we walk in. They've all got masks on, except for us. And um, we go up to place the order. And the people in line behind us, you know, six feet away, started harassing us. Who do you think you are? I was like, and I didn't know better back then. And I said, you know, well, you're already wearing a mask. Why do I have to wear one? Well, these poor oxygen-deprived, brain-damaged individuals um, are so full of panic and fear that they can't think rationally. And so it got very heated. The manager was fine, but my husband and I are like, I do not even want to be here. I mean, this is going to escalate into violence. And this was before I realized that I could call the sheriff. Because here's the other magic words. The sheriff is not going to come and allow you to shop in a mask. Don't get me wrong. That's not my point. And you don't want to be disturbing the peace because you don't want to be hauled off unless, unless you do for disturbing the peace. So what I say, what I will say to anybody harassing me is, excuse me, is this harassment? Are you harassing me? And if it escalates, that's when I call the sheriff and I, excuse me, I am being physically threatened at um, Urban Plates on Aliso Viejo Creek Road. That's either going to shut these people up or it will bring the sheriff and make a scene and hopefully pave the way for smoother sailing. I have never had to have the sheriff show up. But the question you pose to the individual harassing you is, excuse me, are you harassing me? Are you discriminating against me? Are, is this intimidation? I just want to be clear because um, law enforcement is going to break up any, any uh, threat of violence. Okay. So I, I want to be clear that the sheriff is not going to come give you permission. The sheriff yeah. is not an adjudicator. You, you get a ticket for speeding. The sheriff or the, you know, the CHP doesn't, you go to court. So this is a different issue, but it does send a message 
to those bullies. And I also want to point out, because I love to point out hypocrisy. For some reason, it gives me a great deal of satisfaction to point out hypocrisy and the hypocrisy of the um, progressives of anti-bullying campaign and social justice and we're all in it together. Uh, no, no, and no. Now you are bullying the most in my view, <laughs> my, my poor doggy, I'm getting heated. Um, in my view, you are bullying the most vulnerable of society. I have seen these poor senior citizens struggling to breathe, thinking that they're supposed to wear a mask because the county commissioners are sending out giant postcards with a picture of a senior citizen on it with a mask saying, wear your mask outside. Now, that is what, Robin, you asked me in the beginning, this was my tipping point. I, I'm not doing this so I can shop at Costco, you know, without being inconvenienced. I'm not doing this so I can go to the beach. I'm not even doing this so I can go back to my job. I am doing this for those senior citizens and those elderly and those infirm who are being criminally uh, preyed upon of not allowing their families and their loved ones to see them, which I would get a court order to go see if I had a loved one in a nursing home or a facility. This is why I'm doing it. For those who don't understand, who are so fearful that they are suffocating themselves, they are, that you, you're all about health, they are ruining their immune system. And any increase in case numbers, even though we know the testing is faulty and the numbers are inflated, there will be real sickness and illness down the road because of these harmful measures. That is why I'm doing it. I don't care about wearing a mask at Costco. I'm not, not going to wear one and I don't plan to, but it's about freedom and liberty and, and getting rid of the deception of helping those individuals who are not going to have the wherewithal like you and me. You know, my um, elderly loved ones are not going to get on the phone with the sheriff and stand up for their rights. We are going to do that for them. And I've got thousands, and I hope others will join me. Hop on board thehealthyamerican.org, not .com, and I'm sure we'll have a link for them. This is to get with like-minded people in your area. Robin, I want to send people, you know, the Utah area to, to your um, anyone there that's organizing, it needs to be individuals calling these uh, deceivers out. I call it the drip, drip, drip method. It's what you're doing. It's a constant stream of communication. I like to do short little things like, where's the emergency? Uh, how long is the emergency going to last? Where's the law? I, I'm not even talking about the science any longer because they're manipulating that. Yeah, that is a really good point about the emergency here in <clears throat> Park City. The extension of the emergency is, guess how many deaths that we've had since March 1st? Uh, not enough to warrant an emergency, I'm sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Zero deaths. Zero deaths, but now everyone has to wear a mask. I, I'm a competitive tennis player and I have to wear a mask playing tennis. Well, at least they said I don't have to wear one swimming. I, yeah. <laughs> I just, we, just ordered, uh, we just ordered mesh masks. Yeah. I mean, because the whole thing is a joke. Just to, and you know, like, I don't know, I don't know that we'll use it, but that way, you know, I haven't decided if I just drop out of the thing I love most to, uh, to rather than, cause I'm not going to go out there in a hundred degrees at noon on July 2nd, I'm supposed to play a match at high noon. And these are first world problems, right? Like you said, I'm not doing, that's not the main thing on my mind. Those, these are just examples. Um, I'm concerned about the elderly. I'm concerned about my children's future. Um, that's why I'm fighting so hard is I have four kids on the very brink of adulthood and they're so excited about their future and they're either just graduated college or there are two of them are juniors in college. And both of them have told me, Peggy, we're not going back in the fall, mom. They told me within 24 hours of each other, I got a text from both of them saying, 
I don't want to, I, I can't learn in that environment. Do you, would you, would you support me? They, they're dropping out of college rather than go to dystopia university. Yeah, I, I hear you, Robin. And I think this is a good place to talk a little bit about the future because um, I was also told that not only am I not going back in the fall, I'm not going back in the spring. Now, what's interesting to me is how these administrators can have uh, these fortune telling abilities to see into the future and to already know that we're not going back in the spring. And I also, well, as you say, it's all out in the open now, but I was told very early on in this situation, as I'm going to call it, um, that I wasn't going to be going back in the summer. This is months ago. I was like, I wonder how this person knows that I'm not going back in the summer. So it just, this is like um, a signal that, that these individuals who work for the government have information and knowledge that they are dripping out as well. But I wanna talk about the future. And I'm an optimist by nature. I'm, you know, my business card just is basically professional encourager, which is why I think I've struck a nerve with people because the number one thing I want to do out of my activism is to help people step back from the brink of despair. And the reason why is you cross that line of despair and that's when you give up hope and you stop taking action. Even if the action doesn't yield results, at least you're taking it. We are in the stormy seas and we don't know what the destination is going to be, but let's not poke holes in the ship with negativity and despair and giving up because we need that energy and, and um, ebulence and resources so that when we get to that, you know, island of Dr. Moreau, at least we'll have all of our wits about us. But if we complain and drag and poke holes in the ship, and by the time we get to the, the horrible location, we will not be able to resist. So here's my hope and my desire is to tell people, you are not alone. There are millions who stand with you. I will not use the phrase, we're in it together. You're welcome to use it. I don't believe in it. We united, we stand. We are shoulder to shoulder as individuals. And the problem with this country has been the constant brainwashing. I'm in higher education. I get it. I am bombarded and sickened by it on a daily basis. These messages that we are told and we're told how to think. And would you just sign this, you know, that we already put together? No, I'm not going to sign that. I have my own opinion, my own way of, of uh, expressing it. But this has been perpetrated upon them that the individual no longer has individual preferences, desires, hopes, dreams, goals, capacities. Each individual has a different intellectual capacity, a different, different um, talents and skills, and they want to make it homogenous and the faceless individual. That's why the mask, they're not even calling it a mask. It's a face covering. The most egregious stomach-turning term I could ever think of, the word is a mask, a surgical mask. It's not a surgical face covering. Let's eliminate, take control of the language. I have several videos on language. It's extremely important to tackle this, but here's where I'm going, Robin. I want people to hop on board the healthy American ship because we are going to sail in a destination the opposite of new world order. We're going to have I call God's world order, which is the most local communities possible. We are going to have our own schools, our own farmers uh, markets, our own farms, our own, you know, um, trades and skills. And, you know, I don't care if I ever get my nails done again. I can do them myself. Maybe a friend will know how to do it. We are going to be recreating our freedom the way that our country was founded in the original. And I know there's a lot behind it, but let me just take it at the surface value. 
It was founded by many individuals that wanted to maintain their own individual um, responsibility, their own individual individual sovereignty, sovereignty, their own individual self-direction. And that is what we are going to go back to. It is the least selfish thing that people can do. The most selfish thing someone can do is to try to please someone else, try to make someone happy, try to make someone healthy. Like, oh, you can't do that. You know, it's just like, can I, how can I control someone else's speed on the highway? I can't. I'm only responsible for driving my car. They're responsible for driving their car. I'm responsible for my health. You're responsible for your health. We can educate and encourage and inspire, but you are only responsible for your own self. And most people aren't even responsible for themselves, which is why they want the government to be responsible for them. You can see I'm getting to a fevered pitch because I'm so passionate and I'm optimistic and positive about those that believe in a limited, um, forget even the word limited, those who believe in in liberty, self-direction, self-sufficiency, yes, a helping hand, being responsible, um, you know, as we can be, but not being responsible for others, except for those who truly need our help, and to recreate the most local communities, wherever, wherever that may be. I know many people are finding um, areas outside the cities, outside their uh, suburban area, recreating self-sufficiency, because I believe that is the path we're going on. There will be those that will be the automatons. The masks will go away once they come out with a vaccine. And at that point, we will have created these areas where we do not need to shop at the government approved stores. We do not need to work at the government approved jobs. And um, I look forward to that day of having a true um, rebirth of uh, individual communities. I don't know what that's going to look like, but that's the only remedy that I see. Okay. And I, and I, that was a, an amazing finish, but I want you to just tell us what you did in Orange County, because I know my audience, they're going to say, I mean, I've been doing this for 13 years. They're going to say, what steps did she take? How can I, so just so you know, everyone, uh, Peggy's efforts from what I understand got Orange County to drop the mandatory mask thing. So how'd you do it? What should someone go do like to be very concrete? That was super inspirational. And on a high level, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying, but what can people do? Let's get down to the nuts and bolts. Step one is you need to read those health orders and understand who issued them. Where do they find them? You're going to do an internet search and you look under your county or your city and you can just Google health orders. If you hop on board at thehealthyamerican.org, we've got people in your region likely already working on it and they may have already found those. Even so, you want to read them and understand them. Look, step number two, look for words like directive, um, guidelines, recommendation, guidance. We urge you to be a good citizen. Those words mean there is no force of law. And if you have a health order that says, has language such as, whereas, given the authority vested in me by uh, health and safety code 101538 section three that's legal language they are citing law and that means that there is an order that is an official order that has uh that can be enforced legally but 
you need to read the fine print and see all of the exemptions. So now you're armed with when you go into the store, you have like your partner could just have had the gym owner read that and just kind of go. So what you're yeah. saying is it's worded to make you think you have to do it, but, but they know better than to say you have to do it because right. you don't. So, so they're just assuming that they're going to take it to the brink and they're going to call the cops and that'd be enough for 99%. John just refused. And so they got all the way up to here's the cops. Here's him. They're looking at him. He's looking at them. And then the cops went away because they don't actually have any ability to arrest him for anything. You're exactly right. And what I, what I just described is kind of scooping the water out of the, out of the sinking ship, but let's fix the ship. So you've got, you can go shop at Costco in the meantime and all that. I actually have a letter from the CEO of Costco. Don't know if I mentioned this at the website, you can print it out. It's his words that say, you do not need to wear a mask if you are uncomfortable doing so. You just have the clerk read that. You don't, remember, you don't say anything, they read it. Now let's patch the ship, shall we? But I, I wanna say that I actually email, emailed Craig Jelinek, who is the CEO of Costco okay. and, and he wrote me right back. He emailed me right back. I said, we're going to be, we're going to be bailing on our Costco membership as long as you're going to do this. And he said, um, he said, well, we're, you know, we're just going to follow the World Health Organization. I mean, you got this, you got this corrupt uh, global organization headed by a communist who's dictating terms to American companies like YouTube and Costco. But he wrote me back and he basically said, yeah, we don't care. I'm boycotting them. John just goes and he just doesn't wear the mask and nobody, nobody gives him any crap about it. And I, I have not been there for four months myself, um, although I, I, my husband has been, he, same thing. I, you know, Robin, on an aside, I've noticed, at least from people telling me, women are the ones that are more harassed, maybe because we're more, appear more vulnerable, but I have not heard of that many um, men being harassed. And it's quite troubling to me that, you know, I've been harassed by men um, giving me the stink eye and verbally assaulting me. And now I know to say, are you, are you intimidating me? I, I've got the sheriff here, but let, let's patch the ship. So now you've, you're, you're scooping the water out. You can go shopping without intimidation. Let's fix it. You want to find out who issued these orders. And then you start the drip, drip, drip campaign. And I've got that at the website. And these are the simple one sentence questions or phrases which are more easily answered by these individuals than a whole long letter of laws and science they've seen it they've heard it they, they don't want to read it in my experience you're welcome to do what you want what has been helpful for us is to have you email the same person like four or five times a day with a different question like um can you tell me uh where the definition of uh local health emergency is in the law and then they'll say things like well i'm not really up on the law and I'm like oh you're not up on the law my County supervisor's office has told me at least twice that, you know, we're not really up on the law. Okay, you're the lawmaking body and you're not up on the law. It's brilliant. I love that they're uh, acknowledging it so then I send them the law. Now, here's a very, very important point. Every, so you let them know you're on to them by asking these questions. Now, very important. Each of these governing bodies has meetings that, that by law, the, we the people, are allowed to attend. Now they've put some of them on Zoom. Luckily mm -hmm. in my county, we can go in person. Get as many people as you can on that Zoom call in person and you've got one, two, three minutes to speak. Come up with your own talking points. I've got several of them at the website and you let them know that you are on to them. And what got their attention, Robin, was when I stated the law. In California, we have a definition of local health emergency. And a local health emergency can only be called at the introduction of a communicable disease. And their document showed that they 
proclaimed the introduction of it on February 25th. Okay, that's no longer an emergency. It's not an introduction. An introduction happens at that moment. Now, when these lawmakers and governing bodies and health agents are engaged in misrepresenting information for their gain, and the gain is not only to control the populace, but for money because they get federal funds and they get state funds in their locality, that's called fraud, okay? Anyone, any individual, any public office that is misrepresenting information for gain and harming others in the process, that is one legal definition of fraud. Fraud in California and likely in the other states is a felony. In California, a felony of this level carries a prison sentence of, of five years and beyond. So when I alerted them to this at that meeting, I can't say that was the tipping point, but it was at that meeting that the following day they reissued the orders to remove the word mandatory and they called it a recommendation. Now I have to say, even though they didn't declare the ending of the local emergency, which is our end game, every, every meeting, every email says, you have the power to terminate the emergency. You know and we know that it's not an emergency. And if you don't do so, we're gonna move ahead with a lawsuit against you personally. And that lawsuit is going to carry the charge of fraud. Now, we're playing this cat and mouse game, as I said. We, we poke and they pull back, they give a little bit, and then they, they come over with the fake jab. And you know, this health officer probably thought that everyone was going to be deceived by the governor's statewide order, which there is no statewide order. It's a guidance letter. So he may have pulled back the, um, the order, knowing that the state was going to say something. But we know that the states, it's, it's, it's like a press release. It's not even an order. It's a guidance letter that has no authority. It's just manipulation of the people. Manipulation. People. So what, what I believe the most helpful thing now, I want to drill down to the very level of the mayors. And I'm going to be exposing in uh, Irvine, California, many people have heard of that city. It's a pretty large hub in Orange County, the seat of UC Irvine, and uh, lots of interesting behind the scenes stuff going on there with the universities getting millions of dollars to have mask studies on the people. And like, well, did I sign a consent form to have that? Are you gonna pay me for this clinical trial? They're giving free testing because they are doing a testing study with the university. So this is Irvine, just to give you a background on what's going on in that city. So in, the, um, in this city, it was one of the very first to become more militant. And even before Orange County had a mask order and so forth, their city council proclaimed uh, some ordinance that you must wear a mask. And I'm going to break that down in an upcoming video, because I believe there are loopholes and I don't believe this was carried out lawfully. And again, I want to expose these wrongdoers. I want to rattle the cage. I want to have grounds for the individuals in that city to know what their rights are and to make their voices known. Even if the result, because we don't have any control over the result, we only have control over our own actions and our own actions are to alert them inform them that we are educated, we know the law, we know that, that they are up to these shenanigans and that there are um, judicial remedies. And I've been in talks with some individuals who want to 
avoid the uh, court order and, and all of that in the beginning. Let me give you a scenario. If someone is breaking into my car and I call the cops right now, I call law enforcement, it's likely, right, you're caught red-handed, it's likely that individual is going to be handcuffed and led to jail and charged before the court happens. So lawmakers are no different. Lawbreakers, I should say, are no different. And I have seen videos where in the state of, of Illinois at a county meeting, the sheriff came in and arrested the county board of supervisors on the spot and marched them off. So this can happen where these um, lawbreakers are arrested and charged and held before they go to court instead of going to court and having a, a court case against them and then going to jail or prison you know it does happen the other way around so that would give me a great deal of satisfaction to see law and order being um, imposed in that manner so as i say i'm an optimist and the more that we educate the populace and the more that we educate our sheriffs uh, other law enforcement to let them know what the score is because in a strange way, I believe that the law enforcement, I also believe that some government agencies like OSHA does not wanna be caught red-handed because they cannot implement and they are not, for the record, OSHA has not required any business to enforce or require the wearing of masks. It is a guideline. It is a guideline that they defer to the CDC. I did a video exposing the CDC. There is no science at all that the CDC is bringing forth about masks. If there is, they're not, they're not using it. Fauci just said it's purely symbolic at this point. Think about that for a second. It's purely symbolic of what? Oh yes, of uh, suppression of speech and um, compliance and all of that. So I do believe that we can find allies in the government. And here's one hidden um, gem that most people may not think to contact. Every county and every city has an attorney. And the attorney is used as a resource for the lawmakers. So there is a city attorney that the mayor can go to and say, hey, we're thinking of doing this. Would you, would you check it out to make sure we're, we're right. following the law? Generally speaking, it, at least in California, those attorneys are not, um, they're, well, they're, they are not swayed by the politics in one way or another because they are following the law if they want to keep their job. Right, but don't don't they represent the city though? Do they represent me, the population? They are they are the the resource of the law. They also will um and I don't know all of their responsibilities, Robin. But are they a potential ally as you're are you they saying? Are, are they you are saying? a potential ally because at least two and I'm not talking about county administrators. I'm talking about, it's called county council. Not, not a council like a board council, but a council as in an attorney. Yep. Every county has a council. Every um, city has a city attorney. And that would be someone to befriend, to go in a friendly manner. I'm trying to understand the law. Can you help me understand how a city council can proclaim an ordinance? And they'll probably give you some language and references, it gets their mind thinking. And I have befriended some of these counseled, uh, these attorneys, and I've relied on them to help me understand the law. And I believe in Orange County, that was one of our tipping points was that the county council informed the board of supervisors that they have to take a vote to extend or terminate 
after three months, it was never on the agenda, even though by law in California, it has to go on the agenda every 30 days. We, we're in four months now, and because of our efforts, for the first time, it got on the agenda as a vote. Now, the vote went the wrong way, but at least it was, it's on the books. We know who voted. We know that they voted the wrong way, and now we have another piece of evidence to move ahead if we decide to do so with a lawsuit or other measures. Yeah, you want the allies. I, there are allies that are doing the right thing, um, and maybe they're just politicians and making it appear that they're doing the right thing. I don't know what's going on in their heart and mind, but we need to educate. We need to pull those folks back from the brink that are just about, well, I might as well, well go along with it. No, no, let's come back to reality. Let's come back to law and order as faulty as it may be. Um, we're trying to patch the holes in the ship so we can keep sailing until this new, new life that we're going to have. Well, my, my mind's been going crazy while you're talking, just percolating on some new ideas. I think that you're being a, um, I, I can tell you're a detailed person, um, all the way from how you dig into the law and you find all the right questions to ask or whatever. But it's even like the perfect example is how you look amazing because you've set up your light and your whatever. And I just like started doing this and I'm like, wow, my light's all wrong. Oh, well. Um, so I need to either get someone to help me who's a detail person or I need to just commit to the details of figuring this out because we have, we have in Park City, we have a mayor, his name is Andy Beerman, and he just wrote a, a letter to our governor that I have a copy of. And he basically said, the, the, the positive test results are spiking and we need help, governor. We need to shut people down and we need mandatory masks because because hundreds of thousands of, of tourists are coming. And I'm like, oh, you mean the hundreds of thousands of tourists we would have had if you didn't shut down Deer Valley Concert Series, which brings in thousands and thousands, um, the Silly Sunday Market, all the way through the summer and the fall. Peggy, they shut this down in April. In April same, as, same as you being told that you can't go back to the college next spring. Okay, you and I are talking in the summer next spring. Uh, somehow they knew to cancel not only the rest of the ski season that we all had passes for um, March 1st, but they also canceled Silly Sunday Market that goes all the way till October in this town. Uh, they've canceled all the biking tournaments. And I'm like, where are these hundreds of thousands of tourists going to come from? And what are they going to do here? Like historic Main Street is going to be shut down. And I believe, and this is why I keep speaking up, Peggy, is that I don't believe that most of Park City or the United States this is just my little you know, neck of the woods. I don't believe that people realize that a year from now, all those stores on and restaurants and bars on our beautiful, thriving, four months ago, historic Main Street are going to be boarded up with weeds growing out front, like a depression era ghost town. And we won't have any restaurants to eat at. My own, I, I have neighbors who have said, to me, oh, everything's going to be back to normal in two weeks. I believe if people knew the chain of events that we have in motion, I mean, the UN's only said, you know, that we have famines of biblical proportions coming. And they said that two months ago. Like, if people knew, they would stop being so mousy. They would stop being so mousy and they would start figuring this out. But I'm percolating on, like, having a thing, because I don't want to take a piece of paper that says, I have a medical problem. Like, no no offense to all those of you who do that. I'm like, I don't want to say that. I don't have a medical problem, except that I really can't breathe when I put the dang mask on. I want to have something that, that they read that says, 
We are not in a state of emergency with zero deaths in Park City for four months that you've been destroying the economy of the town I live and own a business in. And so if you harass me about, I'm just totally like riffing here. If you harass me for not wearing a mask, I'm going to call the police and I'm going to sue or I'm going to sue this, this, what I don't know, but it's like, I don't really want to target the wrong people. And so the problem is I'm dealing with an employee. You want to, you don't want to kill the messenger. You're dealing with a small business. I don't want to be part of inflicting the damage on the small business. However, if I can get into that business and do my shopping because I handed them a piece of paper that said, I will sue this, whatever, based on all these things that you're, you're saying for, you know, misrepresenting information about the law for gain is called fraud or whatever I say, I'll figure it out. If I can be in there shopping and people are like, why are you in here shopping? I'll say, here, take a look. Like we just, I, everywhere I go, cause Utah is like here in Park City, people, people wear a mask. They're super liberal here. Everybody's totally hypnotized by the mainstream media narrative. Um, you know, smart, educated people up here, but you go a, an hour down the road to Utah County. And it's like, if, if people walk in the room and everybody's wearing a mask, they put the mask on. If they walk in the room, same person, walk in a room and nobody's wearing a mask, they take the mask off. I mean, it's like Dr. Seuss's The Sneetches, right? It's just, we just have to do whatever everybody else is doing. I believe that the vast majority would like to take their mask off and they need help doing it. I want to be the help. I want to be the help that says, here, this is what I'm using everywhere I go. And it's not because I'm that, it's not, the, it's not the mask. It's what the mask represents. And we have to stop the slide. We have to stop the slide into our own slavery and into communism. I like how you put that stop the slide. And what I did, Robin, is something similar along those lines. I've got some um, educational cards. And on the one side, it's a message to the business. And it says, just so you know, there's no statutory law. A statutory law is something that was passed in the legislative body. And that hasn't happened in any state that I've seen about masks. Not to say that they won't try it, but that's really where the campaigns need to come out and a lot of, you know, uh, marching on the Capitol steps and so forth. There is no statutory law that requires you as a business to require anyone to come in, including your employees with a mask. Number two, you're, you are not allowed to deny me entry because that is a violation of my civil rights. Now we have a constitutional civil right, but we also have state civil rights. And I did not put the, the um, code on that because I want everybody in any state to use it. But you could write it in, like in California, it's California Civil Code 51. I want everyone to memorize it, which says you have just by the virtue that you are a citizen, in, I don't like to use that word, that you are a resident of California, you have free and equal access to any business establishment of any kind whatsoever. You may not be discriminated against. And it goes on to list a whole number of things, which is basically being a human being. And, um, and, if they, and if they are able to discriminate against me for not wearing a mask, well, then that's discrimination and it falls under that category. So that is a blanket statement. On the flip side, it also says, if I am intimidated or harassed, um, law enforcement will be summoned. Again, it's not that the sheriff's going to allow you to shop. I want to be clear, but it's that to keep the peace. Because you don't want to be harassed. And I don't want to be one of those people on the viral videos. See, look at how we're using the language. Viral videos, right? Bill Gates' virus of the computer. Oh, yes. Anyhow, the flip side of the card is for these nice um, neighbors and friends and other people in the business. I mean, your um, partner could have handed out these cards at the gym because the other side says you are not required to wear a mask unless you're comfortable doing so. You know, 
you're still not required to, but especially if you're not comfortable doing so, you cannot be denied entry into any business establishment. Your rights are protected. And if you feel you're being bullied or harassed, you should call law enforcement. It, it's, this is not anything to do with the ADA. It has nothing to do with a medical exemption. It's just what you're saying. I'm calling them on the fact that we as a free people have the free entry into any business establishment because there is no statutory law that requires you as a business owner to deny me and it does not require you to, to require your employees. All of those guidelines are guidelines. Not to my knowledge has any new regulation been put on the books. I gave you the example of the Pilates instructor. They wanted to pull a fast one on her to make her, to make her think that these regulations of masks and hand sanitizers okay. were new regulations. They are not. Further, Robin, this is very important, and I want to circle back. Everyone needs to go to these county meetings, the city meetings, either in person or via Zoom. You need to send the information so you can rattle the cage. Also, send this information to the corporate offices of your retailers. Um, we've got, I just made a video called No Mask, No Problem. You cannot be denied entry. I want everyone to watch that. It's on YouTube, and uh, I s explain all of this. You can print out these cards, they're free of charge. It is not ADA, it's not medical exemption. It's you as an individual have the free God-given right to roam the earth and people will say, well, Peggy, it's a private business. I can prevent anybody from coming in. No, you can't, not when you are serving the public. Now, if you, uh, you may not want to allow anyone into your home, that's true. But if you have a business license and you are operating a business in a city, it is considered by law a public establishment, even if it's Costco, even if you have to have a private membership to go into a Pilates studio. The uh, definition is that you are serving the public, you are a business establishment of any kind whatsoever, may not discriminate against a person. They don't have to let you in if you don't have the money, they don't have to let you in if it's after hours, but that's not discrimination. So I want to be clear on that because people so willingly want to be handcuffed and poke holes in this very solid established law, which is called civil law. Why you want to eagerly be enslaved is beyond me, but I suppose that's why you want to wear a mask because you don't want to get a virus that you will line up for to get injected into it's, your body. The reason people are so eager is that they aren't aware of what a catastrophic failure government is at protecting anybody from anything ever. They have a terrible track record. And as a former psychologist in the, in the system, I'm here to tell you, they, will, they protect you from nothing. Government workers, and no offense to them, John's a, John's a government worker, but these career government workers do not rattle cages. They, they, they are just rule followers. They are, not, they are not going to protect you from anything. And that's why, that's why people aren't, you know, pe pe people want, they think they're clinging to their desperation that maybe the government will save me from getting a virus. The, the gov there's so many things wrong with that. That's a whole other, that's a whole other conversation. But where do we get the, the, the printout card on your site? Yes, it, it's under that tab. It says printouts. Right now I've got those cards. I will have some additional information. Um, people can take that. They can make a flyer, um, any of that. I do want to be clear that this is not, uh, some groups have been creating 
medical exemption cards. That's not what this is whatsoever, the information card. And I just want to be clear because I've never been involved in that. It's fine if someone wants to do it. It's not what I've done. I'm all about education, information, inspiring people to take action. Robin, somebody told me um, just recently, they said, Peggy, you're an activist. I said, well, I guess I am. And he said, no, you are activating people. You're activating people to take action. And that's what yeah. an activist is. And Robin, I count you in that category. We need all hands on deck, regardless of your ability to, you know, if you don't want to write the letters or go to the meetings or get, there's always something you can do. Get with like-minded people. Join me at thehealthyamerican.org. I do frequent um, communications, talking points, getting you together with others in your area, collaborating with, uh, with folks like you, Robin, and others, because our goal is the same, a thriving, healthy, free society, or we are going to have to change the lyrics coming up for the 4th of July, because no longer are they true. It's land of fear, home of the slave, and I'm not going to comply. Well, and we're not going to be land of the free unless we are the home of the brave. If we are going to be as not brave as I have seen us be, we aren't going to be the land of the free uh, ever again. Um, you and I need to work together more because I am getting more and more assertive in the actions that I'm willing to take as I see that people who follow me are willing to you know, engage in acts of what you might call civil disobedience. Um, or at least like you said, you don't, you probably don't want that. I, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do that. I want to be the one committing the act of civil disobedience and then telling people how it went for me, for those who are willing to be on the bleeding edge. Um, and so I would love to, and, and I know people are constantly telling you, can you make this for me? Can you do that for me? And there's only so many hours in day and you only have so many employees and, you know, and, and I'm the same, but if there's, we should almost have like that printout that for the, the, the timid, for the somewhat brave, and then for the like balls out people like me. Right. So like the, cause I, I'm okay. I will be, I am willing to get arrested for it to make the example and to have my lawsuit teed up. I mean, we already have, we already have three pro bono attorneys working on our lawsuit, but it's taking an awful long time. We had a very hard time getting the small businesses in Utah to sign on as plaintiffs of our, of our lawsuit, even though it was free. And these, these uh, constitutional law attorneys um, are not charging them anything. They would just get a percentage of it if they, if they you know, get a judgment later. But, um, and it's because they're just, they're afraid. And that's like Thomas Jefferson said, when you have, when people fear the government, you have tyranny. When the government fears the people, you have freedom and that's where we're at right now. And everybody should just think a minute about that. Why are we having a hard time with, when tens of thousands of Utah businesses have been destroyed? Uh, I mean, most of our restaurants here in Park City haven't reopened. It's two months later since we were supposedly allowed to reopen, but because of all the draconian rules that make it impossible to actually, you know, break even uh, when you're, when you're reopened, most of them just haven't bothered or they haven't had the the cash to do it. So we need to work together more because, um, I, you know, I've had several employees leave because they're like, well, if Robin keeps shooting your mouth off, we're going to get deplatformed. We're going to get in trouble. And the fact of the matter is that that risk has always, I've always been out there talking about things that are, um, pushing the boundaries. And I quit blogging this year because Google has choked us down to so little organic reach that there's no, nobody, nobody will see it. We used to get millions of hits a year and we've been choked down to nothing, but I really care far more about being part of saving the Republic than I do about how much revenue my business 
is making. So I want to stay really plugged into what you're doing. I'm not a detail person. Any of 30 employees of mine will tell you that. I'm the exact opposite of that. However, I will help you lead the charge. I'm really, really glad um, to get to know you. I'm going to send you a thing because we, we set up takeactionforfreedom.com and with one click, you can do a bunch of different things. You can tell your governor no more shutdowns with one click. Just And the letter is written, like all the research was done by me. So I'm gonna ask for your help with that. We're gonna get the word out about what you're doing that is extremely courageous and super smart at the Healthy American. So um, I think usually at the end I say, tell everybody where to find you, but I think we I think we did that one justice. Anything you wanna say wrapping up? Yeah, let's wrap up Robin, because I love that you've got your um, website for taking action. And I would like, I don't know if it's just Utah, but let's expand that. No, no, we have we have national campaigns. We have some Utah state campaigns too, but. Perfect, too, this but. is where I can, yeah, we're going to partner and that is the key to success. And this is the beauty and it is an example of the power of the individual coming together. We have we collaborate in our own um, ways that we can with your group, my group, that's what we are doing. And that is the beauty of this country, the individual states, the individual counties, the municipalities, the you know communities, that is what has made this country great. It is yeah. not a top down, it's from the bottom up and it is the grassiest of the grassroots we can get. And I'm, and I'm making new friends like you that I would have never otherwise connected with. I'm making so many new friends, but I've, I've lost some of my very closest friends because they want, they, want the, they want to put the handcuffs on, they want to follow the rules. And they want to they want to tell me off about it. So that that's right, Robin. And the way that I look to them is that we need to still throw them a life preserver when the time comes. They're in they're man overboard right now, kind of trying to keep their head above. I've had at least one person or two come back around after the early contentious days okay. where they were like, "Whoa, you're so divisive," and I'm like, "Oh, you mean because I'm telling the truth?" But they've come back around to ask for help. So it may be that we can throw them a life preserver, and they may want to climb on board later, but. We need to use all of our attention and energy and focus toward those who want to take action. Like you, it was so smart of you. Get rid of the blog. You know what? That's going to be a detraction, distraction, you know, a diminishing of the energy. We need to focus on, uh, you know, full steam ahead. And like you, I don't really care about, I've, you know, I've already put my other businesses on hold. Um, you know, the wellness stuff like pause, um, pull down a lot of other stuff. One job's already gone. Probably this other I, is probably going to wrap up soon for many reasons. And um, that's okay. There's going to be a new way, a new wave. This is more important. There's not going to be any job to go to if we don't get this ship turned around. And I want to help these business owners have the courage to open up because there are no laws. There are no regulations. There's nothing on the books that they need to fear. These are recommendations. They need to have the courage that you have and there are some, sometimes the smallest of the businesses, you know, the, the, the two person coffee shop is like, I'm not going to stand for this, where the larger ones may need to be helped along. Collaboration, bringing these people together. That's what we've got to do. If anything, just to make the point, as you said, you're willing to do it. People will decide where they can go, what they can do. There's a job for everyone. Mm -hmm. All hands back. I can't wait to, to, till our next steps, Robin. This is fantastic. Gives me courage. And a, and a re reboot to keep going. And let's say for those people, I'm glad you brought up and what a compassionate way to put it, that there are people who are just floundering and grabbing for a life raft. A lot of these people are like, okay, if things do go down the way that you're saying they, they are going to, Green Smoothie Girl, I don't have 
food storage. I don't have any preparedness. I don't have savings in the bank or whatever. I understand there are people who are floundering in the water. And I just want to say that if you guys figure out that what Peggy and I have been doing since the beginning, that's gotten many, many, many rotten th tomatoes thrown at us. I can imagine that you've been, I've been more bullied in the last four months than I was all through elementary school, wearing garage sale clothes and being the biggest nerd ever. Um, the biggest little knit, you know, ginger nerd ever. I've been way more bullied last four months and it's making me tough. I can't say I'm, I'm enjoying it, but, um, and so just know that if you, and I've had lots of people like that who I, I was polling on my public figure page, Peggy, where we have 210,000 people. And I wasn't saying much on my public figure page because, you know, we rerun hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of ads on there every year and people's jobs depended on it. I was out there doing polls every single Monday and I did it for 10 weeks in a row. And in, Early March, uh, when everybody was shutting down, 54% of my followers on Green Smoothie Girl uh, on Facebook, 54% that said they supported the economic shutdown. And every single time I ran the poll in those early weeks, uh, dozens and dozens of people would say, I'm unfollowing you just for asking, just for asking the question. But 54% supported the economic shutdown. 10 weeks later, this is about a month ago, I quit doing the polls because it hit 6%. And it never, and it just kept being 6%, 6%, 6%. And so listen, all you people who were in the camp of let's shut down the economy and now you've realized like where we're going now as a result of what we've done, you're welcome here, okay? Right. No, no harm, no foul. I get it. It was a scary time. Please come, okay? If you were on team, let's throw rocks at all the people who don't wanna wear masks and you, you're going, oh, you're, you're awakening. Come on over, we are here for you. No questions asked, am I right? Absolutely. And that's what we're going to be seeing, Robin. And we need to make that message loud and clear because people will have some embarrassment. They may be quiet. They don't want to be pointed out. They don't want to be told they're wrong. I really have to bite my tongue because it is satisfying to say, I told you so, but we can't say that either. Yep. I mean, day one, I was excoriated. Day one, yep. I just made a flippant um, post on Facebook saying, well, life is canceled until further notice because I was so taken aback that someone had the right to tell me not to come to work. I mean, that right there, I could not abide by. And the amount of, I, I've worked a lot in animal rescue, so I, I work a lot. That's what was my activism prior to this, still is, but you know, the very people who are compassionate and, and picking up these abandoned animals on the side of the road were the very ones throwing the tomatoes. Astonishing oh, to me that the, the very ones that I thought would be compassionate for those that are going to be suffering anxiety, um, panic attacks, um, heart attacks, uh, all manner of illness suicide. that is related, suicide, suicide, child abuse. Oh, I yeah. personally would get any disease if it saved one person from suicide, one child from child abuse, one animal from animal abuse, I would be willing to get this. And we all know that there's a lot of questions regarding viruses and how they work. And I would, I'm going to have more talks on that later because I know my views are very strong about um, that. But Nonetheless, the fallout of these measures, individuals were blinded because yes. of panic and irrational thinking. But now four months in, they are suffering and they are That's suffering right. the loss of their jobs, the panic attacks. So as much as we want to say... Uh, I told you that on day one, it's, it doesn't serve. And that's where we need to um, elevate our, um, our own um, energy and direction and focus on what's coming ahead, not what was behind. 
And I love that. Welcome them all back. It's all the really compassionate people that we've always known to be the champion of the underdog. It's those people who are throwing the rotten tomatoes, which is such a shock to those of us who've been out there saying, but what about the deaths of despair? Like, according to the actual re review of the literature, which is 42 studies since the original one in 1978, we can project over 1 million in the United States deaths of despair, including heart attacks and um, alcoholism and suicide from this, from what we've already put into place. And I, ju I just want to point out to all those people, because I hope to change your mind, because we need more of you in the boat rowing with us. We need all hands on deck. I just want to point out that I understand where you're coming from. If you believe that we have a deadly killer virus and that that's our main problem here, and if you believe that wearing masks saves people's lives, then I understand why you're saying that. But let me tell you one thing, and if you will write it down, percolate on it, study it, tell me where there is any evidence anywhere that asymptomatic carriers infect people. Because you need that, that has to be true for your rotten tomatoes to be valid, okay? If you're gonna throw rotten tomatoes at all the people who don't wanna wear masks, then somebody needs to show me any evidence anywhere that asymptomatic carriers, because that's all I can be, I'm not sick, right? You can look and see, my eyes aren't streaming, I'm walking around, I'm playing tennis. I have to, at worst, me putting a mask on, I'm an asymptomatic carrier. All the studies I've seen show no, the World Health Organization official said very rare that there's asymptomatic spread, you know, spread because, you know, they have to be really careful. They have to put those qualifiers in their language. And then somebody, I'm sure the people above her were just all over her and they were like, you need to go try to pull that back the next day. And she said, lots of blah, 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 blah. And she's like, yeah, all over the world, there's no evidence of asymptomatic spread. But, you know, we haven't factored in the modeling yet. Because, you know, we, 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 we need to look at the modeling. Oh, yeah, because modeling has done so well for us, hasn't it? Let's ignore that the fact that all over the world, every single study shows that children don't spread it to people, that asymptomatic carriers don't spread it to anyone. A National Institute of Health study showed that 455 asymptomatic carriers spread it to absolutely no one. So I will wear the mask if you can prove to me that I am of any risk to anyone. Bring me the evidence, everyone, right? Robin, you just described the linchpin to this entire house of cards. And I always like to go to that most critical point, like, you know, pull the plug. And, you know, I've been plucking off the leaves of the tree a little bit here and there, but we want to go to the root, that, that root of evil. And you just nailed it. Everything, the masks, the stand six feet apart, the plexiglass, the, you know, kids can't share the materials. Everything is predicated on this nonsense. And I call it nonsense because there is no sense and there's never been any established science. Now, I, I agree with you completely and we need to expose that. And that is a wonderful question to put to your lawmakers. Where is the science? That was our battle cry. Show me the science, show me the science. Now, I do wanna caution because they started to come up with fake science oh. and, and many websites are being scrubbed, which you know, the Wayback Machine, the internet archive and screenshots are fantastic. We, we're going to bolster that show me the science with show me the law. And then when they say, here's the law, then we say, show me the authority for that law. We're going to be one step ahead of them every time because the science is non-existent. And that is um, unfortunately a, an emotional point for people that want to fight that. Just like we can talk about, you know, climate and, you know, uh, energy and all these other things that have been hot topics for people that are very divisive because scientists can be corrupted and people won't read the science. 
This asymptomatic is the linchpin upon this entire house of cards. Contact tracing too. That's right. And that's the contact tracing and also the vaccines. Because the way I say it is, why do I put on a raincoat to protect you from getting wet? It doesn't hold, it doesn't hold water. So that's where we need to take the argument is to the most basic, important, and crucial point, And then everything else falls apart. When we bring it to the point of where's the local emergency, you're giving me all these orders, but there's no emergency. Once the emergency is pulled, all of the orders go away. They may not pull the plug. That may take court action. It may take the sheriffs showing up. But what it does do is it lets them know that we're on to them. It requires that they mobilize and think of a new strategy. It's like, oh, shoot, people started to read, read this stuff. Darn it. That's okay. We want that because there's 330 million people in the United States. And let's just say half of them, just to use an arbitrary number, are, are able to do something because the others are younger, older, or whatever. Let's say we've got 100 and let's just round out 150 million people. How many public servants do we have? Not even a million. I mean, I, I could start adding up. I, I highly doubt there are that many in, in any position of power. So we, the people, have always been the threat in that they want to subdue us. They want to annihilate the human race. It, in my view, it is a spiritual battle of evil against good, of the, the enemy wanting to destroy God's greatest creation, humanity. And regardless of anyone's spiritual background or not spiritual, um, we do know that there's good and evil and dark and light, and the darkness hates the light. And so the more we bring the light, the light of truth, of knowledge, of education, of encouragement, it, they are, it, it's like the vampire in the light pulling back. They, they cannot stand it. We don't return evil for evil, as satisfying as that may be, um, because it, it detracts from the battle, and it gives individuals more ammunition to throw those tomatoes. I personally have never protested on anyone's front lawn. I've not done any death threats. I have not um, denigrated anyone based on their appearance or lifestyle. I've talked about their actions in public office, mm -hmm. which are unlawful, mm -hmm. but I've never um, slandered anyone. And not that I don't want to, and not that there's not reason to do so, but it's because I don't want that to detract from this mission. And the mission is full onward, you know, full steam ahead, I don't want to be having to, to go back and put out those fires. Now, they're going to slander us anyway, and they will make those associations regardless. But I do think it's important for the record to state it as often as possible. Our mission, what we're doing, what we're willing to stand for, I mean, you're willing to put it on the line. That may come for me as well, because to me, this is, I've had many losses in life. It sounds like you've had some rough patches in life as well. That's what makes us stronger. The, the storms are what help us grow. Um, and it, it's important to acknowledge that, but I don't want to poke holes in the ship. <laughs> no. And we need to um, put our energy and focus in a way that, um, yeah, we're going to, there's a line and um, I'm not, I'm not going to allow them to keep moving that line ahead. And keep, keep the focus on who the enemy is. Let's not attack each other and let's not attack small businesses. The small businesses are the victims here. So we want to rally them. We want to be behind them. We want to let them know that these are regulations. Let's offer that help um, as much as possible. These lawyers, we also need to educate the lawyers. I'm sad to say in some areas, there are wonderful constitutional attorneys that are not 
fluent in the actual law of the state. Right. So um, I've personally helped some attorneys with the um, health and safety codes that I've un uncovered. They have researchers. That's, you know, these attorneys have um, legal researchers that will do this. Let's help them as well so that they can have the strongest cases going forward. And as long as we keep our spirits up, we don't fall to despair. We don't want others to, to be man overboard. Um, hop on board. You're not alone. We're fighting. We know how difficult this is. And um, we united shoulder to shoulder. Let's do, do it. We need you, everyone. Well, um, you're absolutely brilliant. I love your mission. I'm so glad to get to know you. One of the silver linings in all of this whole situation. Thank you, Peggy Hall, the healthy American. Thank you, Robin. I look forward to next time. <laughs>